Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey, we're back. as Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace, along with my co-host, wonderful Jennifer Villarreal now. Villarreal Villarreal, right? Did you just <laughs> make up a new last name? I like that. It's yeah. Jennifer Villarreal Reyes, but we're going to go to Jennifer V. Reyes. Yes. Jennifer V. Reyes. Yeah. Okay, so you guys, you're the first to hear it out there. We're going to change this thing. See, I'm not even used to it yet, so I, it's great. I've just referred to you as Jennifer V. Reyes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Jennifer V. Reyes, yeah. What do we got today for Tell Our People About? Well, you know, we have some great guests coming on today. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we do that, I just want to give a big shout-out again to Ibiz Universe. I know we always say that, Thomas Bibi Varghese, but he really helped me to get my website going. Mm-hmm. And so that's salesfromtheheart.com. And we're doing some really great things coming up with the new year for Faith Marketplace. We've been a little delayed on that, but we appreciate your patience and your understanding to all our listeners. Um, but make sure that you check us out and also text us here at the studio. So you're going to want some of this Ozinga swag that we're going to talk about in just a moment. That number, though, is 224 404 and we'll give you that keyword in just a moment. Yes, we will. And by the way, that delay and everything is that she took off about five months to get married. So yeah, you know, I only planned a wedding in five months. Yeah, so we exactly. met and we got married <laughs> all in five months. It's <laughs> fabulous, guys. And she's glowing. She's beaming. I wish you could see a picture of her in studio. And I've got some. I got the proof of it from at her wedding. So uh, she, yeah, she we'll is. post that on our uh, Facebook. Yeah, page. absolutely. We should. <laughs> well, listen. I have the pr- privilege and the honor of. Uh, Introducing one of the uh, the great families of Chicagoland area. It's been around now for, oh, geez, back in the 1800s, I think, or something like that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'd like to introduce you to Tim Ozinga is on with us today, part of the Ozinga family, the great Ozinga family that has pretty much poured all the concrete in the Chicagoland area and many states around here. And uh, and we got some special things that we're going to do with Tim today. But, Tim, why don't we just start out and introduce yourself and tell the folks a little bit about your background and your family? Absolutely. Thank you, Bob. Uh, So Ozinga is a fourth-generation family business, actually started by my great-grandpa in 1928, so not quite 1800, (laughs) but uh, we're getting close to 100 years. And we have the privilege and the honor to help build communities and this uh, state by building a lot of the uh, foundations that uh, (laughs) supply our community. So. And in, in a little bit, too, because I know a little bit more, it's just more than what people might associate foundations. Because you guys are in building material. I didn't realize how much stuff you guys do. That's right, Bob. So we, in addition to the concrete that most people know us for, our red and white striped trucks, we actually supply a lot of aggregates and other materials and have a whole network, uh, logistics network, including boats and barges oh, yeah. and dump trucks and rail cars and all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about the family upbringing, because you, you're in a great Christian family. How have you been able to maintain that kind of tradition for as long as you have? So it was an exciting upbringing, for sure. <laughs> I, ha- I have the uh, honor to be the youngest of six boys in our family, no girls. So I learned how to uh, run really quick and... Uh, <laughs> It was it was great, but we had uh, a long history and tradition of faith in our family, and that was passed down from generation to generation. And one thing that was always impressed on us, uh, whether it was business or life, was always that everything we're to do is to honor and glorify God, 
and to serve others. And it was really a privilege to grow up under that. Yeah, and you have some special things that you guys do as a family to make sure that you have that continuity. Why don't you share that with the audience? Absolutely. So being in a family business, I have uh, the ability to work with my five brothers and a cousin. So lots of people ask me, how does that work out? (laughs) And one of our secret sauces is really uh, once a month we get together and we spend time intentionally in prayer together. So we purposefully do not talk about work and we catch up with each other, how the family's doing, um, any issues that any of us are going across, and we spend time in prayer for each other. That's fabulous. Yeah, I, I know that you had to sacrifice one of those gatherings. Uh, actually, it was an annual gathering, right, when you did your Moody uh, Business Network testimony, which was great. I tell you, that was fabulous. Well, Tim, I know you already touched on this a little bit, um, but I want to hear more about why you're so passionate about the work that you do and what's coming up for you very soon. Absolutely. So we're very passionate about the work that we do because we have the opportunity to invest in people and communities, and that's what really gets us to work every day. Uh, We talk about all the time that we have these red and white striped trucks. We have lots of plants and equipment that you'll see as you ride along the highway. But all those things uh, rust and get old. So what we get excited about every day is the investment in people, our coworkers, uh, the customers that we get to interact with, and the community that we get to uh, participate in. Yeah, and it's really fun seeing those red and white striped uh, concrete mixers going around. And I'm sure the, the kiddos love that, too, when they see that. Do they do they recognize that, the kids, you know, families? I mean, you guys have this Ozinga swag that we're going to give away as well. Tell us how all of that gets incorporated. Absolutely. So the the red and white striped trucks are really exciting. Um, we, we've heard lots of stories of families that have uh, made up songs and other things that they do when they see a truck. So it's it's kind of fun in that way. And Actually, you mentioned the swag. So one of the things that we're going to do and be giving away is a toy concrete mixer. And this is about a three-foot long <laughs> functional concrete mixer. So I really encourage you to, to jump on board with that. Yeah, make sure, make sure you text us here at the studio. That keyword is going to be Ozinga, and that number is 224-404-1988. And even if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you text us to uh, have a chance to win that. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, you know, Tim, a lot of people, and we have another guest here that can probably reconfirm this, how tough it is to have a successful business, even now to the fourth generation. So what's some of those challenges that you see and and you've had to experience with your family? Yeah, so a lot of family businesses, the biggest challenge they face is succession into the next generation. And that's actually one of my passions in the family business. As the youngest in our generation, I have the opportunity to really champion and lead a lot of the family governance things. Mm. And one of the things that people don't realize is a business to get into the fourth generation is about 3% probability and to transition to the fifth is about 1%. So. Right. Our biggest thing is making sure the next generation understands the values and the culture and uh, why we do what we do every well, day. Well, I understand you guys are doing a real good job of procreating the next generation. You have how many children now? So in, in the uh, fifth generation between the seven of us, we have 32 kids. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Wow. God's blessing you guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. You have, what, three girls? I have four daughters. Four daughters. So. <laughs> Oh, you are doubly blessed, buddy. Yeah, you know, it's always girls to dads, so you're going you're gonna to be taken well care of in your old Absolutely. age. You know, We're I having love a lot that. of fun. I love that. So, uh, obviously, the 08 had to be a tough point for you guys, right? Yeah, so 2008 hit us pretty hard um, being in the business that we're in. We actually lost about 60% of our business mm-hmm. uh, in about six months. So, 
a lot of difficult decisions that we had to make um, shortly after that. Uh, our grandpa, who was who was sort of the patriarch of the family, passed away, mm. um, and then sh- soon after that, my my mother actually passed away <gasps> as well. Um, so, really trying time, uh, two thousand eight to two thousand ten, uh, both from a business perspective and a family perspective. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't imagine you're on your knees much during that time, were you? <laughs> Absolutely. So a yeah. lot of prayer and, uh, and a lot of scripture. Yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, that it, it's the strength of prayer. We talk about that a lot, Jennifer, of being prayerful and being in prayer when you guys do that. And I know you guys have a lot of discernment around that when you make major decisions. and Some of the tough decisions you had to make is you had to cut staff. You had to do a lot of things to keep the business viable. So that had to be painful, wasn't it? Or, or is, isn't it not so painful because you're a person of faith? Well, it's uh, it's always difficult, and uh, like I said, for us, it's 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 all about people and relationships. And anytime you have to make difficult decisions like that, uh, it it doesn't come easy. A lot of prayer. And uh, one thing I heard recently that I really appreciated, somebody told me that uh, prayer is not is not the backup plan. Prayer is the battle, <laughs> battle plan. So it's good. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes, definitely that battle plan. Well, Tim, I want, I want to hear more about this, of how you incorporate faith and work. I mean, obviously, we're on Faith Marketplace Radio Show, and we like to equip our listeners on how they can begin to do that. So anything that you can share a bit more on that about faith and work? We like to focus on purpose at work, and we believe that if we're fulfilling our purpose, that everything else will follow. So how we talk about that at, in the workplace is Ozinga exists to make a positive impact on individuals, their families, and the community for generations. So we're constantly reiterating that, and sometimes people get maybe get sick of hearing it, but we always remind each, uh, the purpose and why we're doing what we're doing. And, and you guys don't, you know, hide behind anything. People know you are, are Christians or practicing Christians, right, in your organization. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's not uncommon for a, a meeting or a, or a breakfast meeting to open with prayer around our organization. And, uh, you know, we, we respect that and respect each other. Yeah, man. I got to tell you, it's the, the little secret formula. Do you guys have any kind of things in, within the organization? I know we have um, um, uh, workplace chaplains and marketplace chaplain. Do you have anything like that that facilitates when some of your folks are in trouble or have to need to rely on somebody? Yes. So we actually do have a corporate chaplain at mm-hmm. our office that uh, assists people with issues that uh, they need assistance with. But then one of the, the most uh, proud the moments that I have is just to see the coworkers kind of uh, come around anybody that's dealing with an issue, and, and it's really an environment where there's a lot of support and uh, assistance when, when the time is needed. Yeah. You know, and the best way, I guess, what I could t- talk about from what I saw in practice is you guys walk it, you don't talk it. You guys are very humble, and you walk this thing, so people see that this is the real deal, so... Yeah, that's great. Well, you know what? We have some great Ozinga swag for you, and we want to make sure that you have a chance to win that. So make sure that you text us here at the studio. That number is 224-404-1988. That keyword is Ozinga. And make sure that you say hi to Bob and myself when you text us. We want to hear from you or send us an emoji or something. Let us know um, You know what you want to hear in the future on Faith Marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, listen, we got lots more show to go here uh, uh, with uh, Mr. Tim Ozinga. We've got going to be able to make an announcement here today about something that's exciting. We believe is very exciting. We want our audience to get behind this also. But get out there and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com. We've got Resource Center out there. We also have all the podcasts for the last six years, over 600 interviews. I'm sure you can, if you've got windshield time, you can do that. And also check out the app. You can download the app. We're going to be right back with Tim Ozinga. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here at Faith Marketplace. I'm Bob Lambert and my co-host Jennifer Villarreal Reyes, or Jennifer V. Now she's going to go with Reyes, right? Sure. Reyes, okay. Reyes, Reyes, Reyes. Okay, <laughs> I got to get used to this. I'm going to stumble all over this thing. Um, and we're back with our special guest today, Tim Ozinga. And we have a very special announcement. Now, it's kind of out there in the public now, Tim, uh, you know, about this. But uh, what's that announcement? Thanks, Bob. Yes, I recently announced that I'm going to be running for Illinois State Representative in the 37th District. That's down in your hometown there, right? Correct. In so Mokina. That right? covers Frankfurt, Mokina, New Lenox, Homer Glen, and the southern parts of Orland and Tinley Park. And so how many people are, are in competition for this? Originally, there were four uh, people that were running in the primary. Uh, two have since uh, came behind me to support me, so now there are two people left in the primary. Are you running a Democratic ticket? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> so I'll be running on the Republican side of the ticket. Yep. Very good. And I noticed that one of your, uh, that was in the race with you, actually dropped out and she threw her weight towards you, right? Yes. One of the people that was so it was very race. encouraging to see yeah. that. Uh, we were both very aligned in terms of our values of faith, family, and freedom, and mm-hmm. was exciting to have her support and have her on board with our campaign. You know, and the other thing I want to mention to the audience, you can't see Tim, but Tim is a millennial, right? Sort of the leading edge of millennials. An elder millennial. An elder millennial. And one of the things that I had a chance to talk to him about a little bit uh, in the green room is how he's you know, going to address that generation a little bit. So why don't you share with the audience a little bit what your plans are for that? Absolutely. So being in a family business, it's about next generation. And this is really just an extension of that. And what I'm most motivated and passionate about is um, developing and encouraging the next generation of leaders to get involved in their government. And I'm excited to get young people involved to encourage them to participate and looking forward to doing that. What's the, just quickly, I want to touch on this because I want to take a little bit of time. What's the platform? What do you really run? going to say to the public out there as far as what you're going to try to do down there? So uh, if you're in Illinois, it's not uh, foreign to you that we have some mismanagement going on. And so really wanting to bring that next generation leadership and a lot of the platforms going to be talking about fighting the corruption that's mm-hmm. costing our state too much, um, reversing some of the uh, abusive taxation that we're dealing with in the state, both individually and uh, from the business perspective. And really restoring integrity and confidence into our political system here. Well, I want to applaud you for that. you got a tough battle, and we know you're equipped for that because God gives us the armor to do that, right, buddy? So uh, I applaud you for that. Well, Tim, where can people find out more information about this? Absolutely. You can find us at OzingaForIllinois.com, and we also have a lot of great content on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, and that's Ozinga, O-Z-I-N-G-A, and then spell out for F-O-R, Illinois.com. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Tim, do you have a favorite uh, life verse or Bible verse that that really speaks to you? 
there are a lot of <laughs> verses that come to mind. Um, you know, my grandpa on my mom's side was a street preacher, and he often <laughs> would be telling us Bible verses often. And a lot of them have been ringing in my mind a lot lately. Uh, one in particular, life is sort, short and soon shall go, but those that abideth in the will of the Lord will endure forever. Um, that's a, a great one that I'm reminded of. And, uh, Do you have any one for your campaign that you're leaning on? <clears throat> I think there's there's been a lot. I've, I've been doing a lot of prayer and a lot of scripture reading during this campaign process. Um, I think... Uh, one of the things that I've always had sort of as a, as a life motto or a campaign and has been helping me in the, the campaign as well is this Jeremiah 33.3, uh, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Yeah, that's fabulous. That is really good. Um, words of wisdom. You would pass along to your younger son. You're young anyway, so how, what, you know, what, do you, what, what would you pass along to somebody now knowing what you know? Just that, that time is short. You know, I spent a lot of my uh, younger years uh, trying to, to run away from God's purpose for my life and uh, didn't end well, uh, <laughs> some suffering or, or, or uh, walking through the desert, so to speak. And just, uh, you know, investing the time, uh, redeeming the time, and really investing in relationships. Uh, deep, meaningful relationships are really what's most important. Yeah, and then we got to get those back again. You know, we kind of run adrift on that. You know, we're glazing over stuff, social media and all that kind of stuff is just getting kind of crazy and out of hand. Yeah. Well, speaking of relationships, it seems like family is really a priority for you and it truly inspires you. Can you share us with us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So uh, family has played a very critical role in my life. And, and one of the people that has played the most important role in my life is my mom, Ruth Ozinga. She was a rock star, for lack of a better word, and uh, she raised us six boys, which was no small feat, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she spent a lot of time in prayer as well, but so many memories. Uh, one story in particular that I'll share is we got on the bus at 6.05 in the morning, every morning, but that wasn't too early for mom <laughs> to stop us every morning for devotions and prayer before uh -huh. we walked out of the house. She would always remind us, don't you know the devil is outside roaring like a lion ready to devour? She's like, you need to put on the armor of God. So we got stopped with the armor of God every morning before we got on the bus. Mm. Wow. That's fabulous. That I love great. that. Anything else that inspires you? There's a lot of people uh, just over the course of the years. You know, I mentioned my grandpa who was a street preacher. He uh, was... A very important figure in my life, but actually my grandma on that side as well was uh, a very bright uh, woman and an entrepreneur, and she really helped uh, motivate and inspire and, uh, you know, raise raise us boys. So I think there's somebody else that's even closer than that, isn't there, in your family, your biggest cheerleader? <laughs> Let's don't leave her out. <laughs> yeah, so so definitely. Uh, my wife, Amanda, right. our four daughters, um, you know, everything I'm doing, including running this race, is, is a lot about them and about uh, the future of the family and uh, the future of this community. So I, I had the privilege of meeting Amanda when you gave your speech down there, and boy, I'll tell you, She's she's right side, but right along your side, buddy. I tell you, she's just uh, she's cheering you on, and she's just that confidence, that look of of uh, wanting to be behind you and be 
supporting you and uh, constantly reminding you got four daughters, right? That's right. <laughs> you better be home a little bit more to see those daughters. I love it. Um, hey, you know, everybody we've had on show, uh, we've asked this kind of silly question a little bit, but we've always found some really cool, interesting things. So what were some uh, cool, interesting, fun, inspiring things that you might be able to share about Tim Ozinga that probably our audience doesn't know? Oh, wow. That's a good question. So um, some of the stuff that uh, when you like, were young, yeah, when, <laughs> when I was young. So I actually wanted to be a baker when I was young, and that was what I enjoyed doing. I used to make pies from scratch and would spend all kinds of time making delicious baked goods. And I thought I was going to be a baker when I grew up. Okay. Uh, little did I know I was going to be mixing different ingredients <laughs> uh, <laughs> to make concrete. So yeah, I bet. I love that. Well, Tim, um, here on Faith Marketplace, we always talk about inspiring, equipping, and encouraging. What do you do to encourage the people that you work with? Absolutely. So I think a lot of what we talk about and the people that we work with, we really try to make sure that people are using their skills and abilities, their gifts and talents that God has blessed us with. And one of the things that my dad and my grandpa before him used to instill on me all the time about uh, leadership in particular is that leadership is not about how much control or power that you can get. It's about equipping and developing others and then mm -hmm. getting out of their way. And so that's what I try to do as a leader, and uh, that's, that's a lot of what we try to do at Ozinga as well. Yeah, from a leadership standpoint, let's stay on that a minute, from you, the, your brother and the six boys. They're all in the business, right? That's right. So how does that play out with, uh, you know, the leadership of the company? How do you divide and tackle all that? So <laughs> there, there's a joke about uh, family business. When the, when the family grows larger than the, quicker than the business does, you run into trouble. So <laughs> we've uh, been in a very pro-growth mindset and have had the opportunity for everyone to sort of find their niche uh, over the years. So we're, we're not sitting in the same room together, uh, stepping on each other's toes, but uh, have been able to recognize where people's strengths and talents are and, and focus there. Now, I know that you're a, a big subscriber, and we had Marty in the show, too, uh, Dr. Nicholas's uh, book. Why don't you share a little bit of what you had him come in and help you guys a little bit, right? Absolutely. And that's been a lot of what we've been focused on lately is this idea of purpose mm -hmm. and uh, the Purpose Path, great book, um, and recognizing that Really, uh, to truly live, you really need to be uh, on par with what your purpose is. First, mm -hmm. find out what that is, but then also really follow follow and live the life according to your purpose. Yeah, we've had uh, the privilege of having him on just, you know, back when we found out that he was, uh, you guys were big fans. And boy, that guy brings it. You know, he's got, he's the real deal. I mean, he's, I don't know how this guy's got the energy to do it. Well, he's young, number one, but he's, I don't know how he's had the energy to do what he he's does all the time, you know, it's. Unbelievable. So, um, well, Tim, we it, it sounds like, you know, running for political office is an extension of the mission that you try to live out every day. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about this platform of you running for state representative in Illinois District 37? Just, you know, I'm, I'm, what I tell people all the time, they say, are you crazy? Why are you doing this? Yeah, right. I don't need another job. I don't need a pension or anything like that. I really want to give back. I've been, our, myself and our family has been extremely blessed by this community and uh, just feel a heart and a passion to give back. That's great. So, and where can they find out more information? Uh, you can find us at ozingaforillinois.com. 
Okay. That's ozinga4illinois.com. And then also, what are you going to give our listeners when they text us here? Not every single one, but they're going to have a chance to win. What are they going to get? So very excited. Uh, from the business perspective, we have these large toy concrete mixers. It's a three-foot wide mixer that's actually functional, and you can put things in there. Kids <laughs> love them. Adults love them, too. Yeah, we're all kids at heart, too, right? And, and Christmas <laughs> is coming, folks, so you got to get in on this swag, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure you text us here at the studio. That number is 224-404-1988. Use that keyword, Ozinga, and you'll be entered to win. And stay tuned for our next guest. Boy, you're going to really, she's going to bring it. She's going to do some transforming for us today in studio. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again uh, with the next segment of our show, and I'm just proud to have in, in studio with us today a uh, fabulous lady that is uh, Ruth Haley Barton. She is a CEO and founder of of the Transforming Center out in Wheaton, I believe, right? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, this thing has been, we got introduced through one of the folks that raves about mm-hmm. you. He, she went, he went through your program, Ken Cox, that had been a guest on our show with the Cox Family Holdings. And I, I'm just thrilled that we get a chance to have you in studio and talk about this. But let's start back a little bit, give our audience a little mm-hmm. bit of context. Uh, you know, you grew up in a faith family? Yeah, like? I did. Yes, I'm a pastor's kid. Ah, PK. Yes, I am. And so um, children see a lot when they are a pastor's kid. In fact, I joke about the fact that children are looking up at this thing and they sort of see the seamy underbelly of it all. And um, <laughs> And you also, you know, you see the ups and the downs of life for pastors and you see the way that pastors suffer at times. Um you see some ugly stuff sometimes, and you see some beautiful stuff sometimes. Right. And um, for myself, anyway, speaking for myself, I grew up loving the church and really mm. caring about it. So that's been a theme that's carried itself through my life. Now, what church did you grow up in? Um, well, <laughs> um, very, very conservative group of Christians called Plymouth Brethren. Okay. So you might not have never heard of that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, very conservative and actually quite almost fundamentalist. Yeah. yeah. But you have a... Mm-hmm. Little tradition here in Wheaton too, don't you? We do. Yeah. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> that yeah. little enclave there. Yes, right? <laughs> yes. As we popularly mm-hmm. like euphemistically like to call it, the holy bubble out mm-hmm. there, you know. Yep. But uh, yeah, Ruth. And so uh, you aren't scarred from your childhood, then? <laughs> well, aren't we all? I mean, really, in some way, if we're yeah. honest. But um, I mean, I would say there's things you've had to work through, um, right. and I have, and yet I still have the love for the church, and I also care about pastors, and probably a part of that is because you know I love my dad, and right. so. I care about what I saw him go through. I have two pastors who are brothers as well, one who's PCUSA wow. and one who's an Anglican priest. So um, the, the the church world and the life of pastors is what I know yeah. the best, actually. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. going to get to that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that ties into what you're doing with yes. Transforming Center. Mm-hmm. So can you explain to our listeners a little bit more about that yes. and its purpose? Yes. So the Transforming Center, we are a community, really, of men and women who gather around the presence of Christ ourselves for our own transformation. And in fact, we began by gathering uh, uh, just for our own good, for our own soul's sakes. And then eventually we thought, well, maybe some other people would like to do this as well. So we gather specifically to pay attention to our own ongoing process of spiritual transformation, our own spirituality in the context of our life in leadership. And I think it can be really dangerous when leaders are so much about their leadership that they start neglecting to pay attention to their own souls. And that's when people burn out. And so there's a care and concern about burnout for leaders and how do leaders care for their own souls while they're so busy helping others. So is this for pastors as well or what kind of leaders? Um, Really any leader who wants to connect their soul with their leadership. So pastors, 
business leaders, uh, not-for-profit leaders, um, even people who are in politics, um, just anyone who wants to have a more intentional connection between their soul and their leadership and to lead with authenticity, integrity, and particularly to lead from that place where uh, God's spirit is alive within them. Now, obviously, you're talking about a lot of soul stuff here. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, the proud author of a book, mm-hmm. which has that type. What is the book yeah. all about? Um, the book is called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. And it's all about forging that stronger connection between your soul and your leadership. And in fact, there's an assessment in there, a 15-question assessment that actually helps leaders to assess how they're doing at the soul level in the context of their life in ministry. Some really practical, concrete questions. Because soul stuff can be sort of soft. You can think of it as being kind of soft, ill-defined, amorphous. What is that really? And so um, I define the soul as the place where God is present to us, um, along the lines of Romans 8, where the scriptures tell us that God's spirit witnesses with our spirits about the fact that we are children of God. And from that place, we cry out, Abba, Father. And so there's many true things that the spirit of God wants to witness with our spirits about. That is the soul. And of course, if you're a leader who loves God, then you would like to be leading out of that place where God's spirit is witnessing with your spirit about things that are true. And um, that would be, to me, how one would define spiritual leadership, actually, is being in connection with with God in the soul of your being. Yeah. Mm, I love that. So the title is called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. Mm-hmm. Where can people find the book? Yeah. Um, the publisher is InterVarsity Press, so you can always go to InterVarsityPress.com, but I would actually suggest going to our website, thetransformingcenter.org, transformingcenter.org, because if you purchase from us, I will sign the book before it goes out. And some people really like, really enjoy a signed book. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. And you're going to give one of our listeners also a signed yes, copy. So make exactly. sure that you text us here at the studio. That number is 224-404-1988. And that keyword, we're going to actually use two words. It's going to be Transforming Center. So make sure that you send that to us, whether you you're listening to the podcast or listening live. Yeah, tell us some of the things that happen because you have retreat. You got a lot of different things you kind of mm-hmm. do here. So why don't you share with the audience uh, yeah. what happens at one yeah. of these things? Well, the heart of what we do is called the Transforming Community Experience, and it's a 27 month experience wow. delivered in nine quarterly retreats over 27 months. And people commit themselves to a cohort, so they commit themselves to be with a particular group of leaders over the long haul and to, to be in this quarterly rhythm. And so they come to a retreat once a quarter. And on those retreats, uh, first of all, we unplug. So leaders unplug. In fact, we offer to babysit people's telephones. If they if they feel that they cannot let go of their technologies, then we will babysit it for them so that they can be unplugged. And we're always connected with the outside world. So it's a great gift to be able to unplug to, let, to trust that God can care for whatever it is that you've left behind and that you can be present to God the way God's inviting you um, and be faithful to that invitation. So there's solitude, four hours of solitude in one of the afternoons. Mm. Um, we pray and we use a Christian practice called fixed hour prayer where we do short prayer services four times a day, morning, midday, evening, and night. There is significant teaching about the spiritual life and the spiritual practices that keep us open to the transforming work of God. And then serious guidance about how to practice those practices while we're on retreat, but also during the next quarter. And so then we give a lot of guidance also for the following quarter, um, inviting leaders to really practice whatever the practice was that we engaged in to practice that for the quarter and really learn how it works, learn the inner dynamics of that practice, learn how it keeps you connected with God and with your most authentic self. 
Then we come back and debrief, and then we go on to the next practice. How long is the retreat? Two and a half days. So Two and a half? Yeah, so okay. we start um, in the evening, usually on a Sunday night, so people can carry out their responsibilities and be with family during the day. They get to us at 5 o'clock, and then we go all the way until 1 o'clock on the Tuesday. Typically, it's a Tuesday. Really? Well, and is it, are this mixed group? Ministry, yes, men and women. Ministry yeah. and, and men and women. Men and, and women also and um, business leaders, too? Business yeah. leaders yeah. and not-for-profit leaders okay. and pastors, elders even, because that's oftentimes business leaders are also elders in their churches. Right. And so, you know, they get the double benefit of it impacting their business life, but also impacting their leadership in church. Well, Ruth, one of the things that you mentioned is that you work with leaders mm-hmm. and that they're busy. And so one of the challenges that I encounter with mm-hmm. working with leaders mm-hmm. is that they're busy yeah, and they exactly. don't think that they can get away or have yeah. time for mm-hmm. anything. What would you tell somebody that thinks they're too busy mm-hmm. to go away for, what was it, a two-day retreat? Yeah, two and a half. Two and mm-hmm. a half day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say you've got to really want it. That's what I believe, that, that we as human beings are wired to make time and space for what we really want. So you have to go down into your desire and determine that you really want to be more connected with God than you are right now, that you really do want to experience deeper levels of transformation than you're experiencing right now, that you want, you know, that you want that intimacy, that you want that change. And if you want it bad enough, you will choose it. And so that's why sometimes it takes people three years because they have to get in, you know, to actually sign up. They'll hear about it. They'll say, that sounds really good. I could really use that. But maybe it takes them several years to actually feel their desire deeply enough and also do whatever it takes logistically to order their lives around a quarterly rhythm of retreat. So that's the most important thing. You have to really want it. And mm-hmm. then after that, you can start figuring it out. Well, and also if they're too busy mm-hmm. to take off for two and yes. a half days, that's yes. usually a red flag that's that right. you need mm-hmm. some kind of intervention. Exactly. And number one mm-hmm. is that godly intervention. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a quick story, uh, some transformation story you've seen, because you have a lot of experience with this. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that we hear really, really often is that I would no longer be in, in ministry or in leadership if it wasn't for the Transforming Center, that a lot of people come to us at the place where they might be successful in their leadership, but inside they know they're suffering. Inside they're mm-hmm. empty. Inside the success is not necessarily um, meaning what it used to mean, doesn't fill them up like it used to. Maybe their family is suffering. Maybe they know that they're suffering You know, in their bodies. They're not caring for themselves well. So there's a kind of desperation sometimes that will propel people to come. And um, further into the journey, they'll say, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't still be in it you know, in ministry or in leadership, if it wasn't for the rhythms of the Transforming Center. We've seen marriages improve, even though this is not a marriage encounter. Right. But when you're on a transformational journey, you start changing and right. you start bringing your transforming self to your marriage. And so right. the marriage, the marriage improves. Well, I imagine there's a lot of transparency mm-hmm. has to go on with these Absolutely. Also, yeah. And so I think the other thing that's important to say about the Transforming Center is how highly confidential it is, mm-hmm. that we really keep it so confidential so that leaders can know that they're safe to actually deal with the things that they need to deal with in a private situation. Well, Ruth, you mentioned that there's different topics for the Mm -hmm. retreats. Can you give us a few? Yeah. Yeah. So on the first one, we actually talk about strengthening the soul of your leadership within the context of a transforming community. What does that mean? We actually give the assessment and let people work through the assessment. Then we talk about desire and we help them to get in touch with their spiritual desire. So that's the first one. But we talk about solitude and silence and the impact of solitude, where we can actually uh, get in touch with our own authentic self, where we can hear the voice of God as being distinct from all other voices, where we can learn to rest ourselves in God. We talk about prayer, talk about discernment. 
which is really important for leaders. How do mm. we discern the will of God? Romans 12 to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can discern yeah. what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So discernment, what is that like? What is the practice of discernment? How do I actually discern God's will from my own ego and, and those sorts of things? Self-examination, we have a whole retreat on self-examination. And I think one of the most significant practices for leaders is to do self-examination so that we can know that our leadership is coming from a healthy place and that we are doing good and not harm to the people around us. So those are some. So good. And where can they find out more information about this? Um, Transformingcenter.org. And if you especially search for Transforming Community, then that will tell you all about the next Transforming Community that's beginning, what the topics are, what the dates are, what the costs are. All the details are right there under Transforming Community. And that's all on the website, Mm transformingcenter.org. Make sure you text us here at the studio. That number is 224-404-1988. That keyword is Transforming Center, and you'll be entered to win the book, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. You want to stay with us right now because we're going to have an exciting roundtable coming up with uh, Ruth and uh, Tim and Jennifer and myself. Do you insist that your staff accept responsibility for doing their own jobs? This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with special guests, Tim Ozinga, Ruth Haley Barton of the Transforming Center, and Jennifer, and we got a great topic today. Do you insist that your staff accept responsibility for doing their own job? Tim, let's lead off with you. How do you guys deal with this? Well, I think actually the first place that responsibility takes place is with you as the leader. So it's uh, it's leading by example for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, the important topic of burnout came up earlier, and I just wanted to share a story about my experience growing up in leadership. Mm -hmm. And somebody actually introduced me to this other topic called rust out. Mm -hmm. And that was where you're not giving your people the opportunity to use their gifts and talents and not giving them the opportunity to fail. Mm-hmm. Ooh, big point. So big point. I think it's important to give your your people the opportunity to fail and to uh, try and make mistakes and take responsibility. I know a company that actually celebrates that mm-hmm. because I really, really encourage that, that pre-thinking and people taking – you know, the one thing that I, I just – I don't know why I'm on this fit about this, but it's accountability too. I, I, I tell you, it's just one of the things I'm really disappointed with with a lot of things I'm seeing is just personal – Accountability and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Ruth, how about yeah. you? Because you do a lot of work in this area. Yeah, well, um, I thought uh, the comment in the in the materials that you gave us was very interesting. To help out in a pinch can build employee morale, but don't make a habit of, of doing work that should be done by someone else. And I think, you know, we're a smaller organization than Tim's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the areas of temptation for us sometimes is to actually jump in thinking it's the nicest thing to do. You're being really nice and Christian Mm -hmm. if you jump in and do someone else's job. But there can start to be a boundaryless existence and I think a lack of effectiveness in that, a lack of using our time well. And another word that I've used with our staff is the word differentiated, that Mm. as an organization grows, whether it's an amoeba, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's a, you know, a baby in the womb or whether it's an organization that as something grows and develops and becomes mature, there should be more differentiation. Mm-hmm. And that more people should be doing their own jobs and trusting each other to do their jobs. Yeah. So I think that's a, a really important distinction. Well, you hit it on the head to the trust factor. Mm-hmm. How do you get that, in, especially, Tim, in a team, how do you get that trust thing going amongst people that they're going to trust? 
each other. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So one of the things is definitely setting clear expectations. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when there's been misunderstandings, I've looked myself in the mirror and said, have I clearly laid out the expectations? Mm -hmm. Have I given these uh, coworkers the tools and equipment they need to succeed? And those are questions I kind of ask myself mm -hmm. first before I, before I, it's easy to kind of pick on somebody or well, especially others. in your you know, family and getting clear boundaries mm -hmm. with the family and responsibilities roles because there's crossover yes. and you can really step into mm -hmm. it i know you're a bit dealt with some of that yeah. haven't you Ruth? yeah um yeah and i think you know one of the areas that i've brought consistent input to our staff is what it, what it means to be the leader of something mm -hmm. like you, you know that leadership means you lead it doesn't mean that you react that you wait for somebody else that you um are counting that on somebody else to prod you that leadership means initiation and so um, to even define what leadership is and what taking responsibility is and what it means to lead something from beginning to end um, I think all of those are to bring real clarity to that is extremely important yeah yeah Tim and Ruth you guys made really great um, points and I think giving uh, people that authority to make decisions is really important. Um, I also think that it's our responsibility, at least, you know, the entrepreneurs, business owners that I work with, um, that we do everything in our power to remove any roadblocks for, for them as well. And so giving them clear systems and that decision to to shift things or make changes is really important. You know, I recently got a new car, which mm. we won't talk about the car buying experience now, <laughs> but also then I had to get some insurance. And I'm thinking like this process could have been a lot simpler, but they're just not aware of that. And so sometimes as the owner, as the leader, we need to give that authority and say, hey, what would make your job, you know, a little bit easier, you know, allow our team, allow our staff to, to do that and see what they encounter. Um, um, because I know that process could have been shortened down to probably less than a half an hour as opposed to the few hours that it's already <laughs> mm -hmm. taking, right? Yeah, yeah I have a, a, an assignment we're coming up with with a, a fabulous client that's really growing. And, and that presents a whole different set of problems. But to your point, getting very clear on roles and responsibilities mm -hmm. is one of the things that we're going to be bringing to the party uh, for all the, the channels, the mm -hmm. swim channels that they're in within yeah. the organization. Because there's a crossover there and not some clarity, and that's one of the jobs we have to do that. But more importantly, to equip the leader that they have to you know, hold people accountable. Right. Uh, that's one of the things that I guess I, I'm kind of pounding on a lot with the leaders. Mm -hmm. You have to have the accountability factor in there. Yeah. You know, but you but some set people confuse that accountability well, sure. with babysitting instead of yes. empowering somebody to yes. make a decision. And yes. then, as Tim had mentioned earlier with the rusting out, allowing people to make mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, that that fine line comes in where we don't, oh, we want to like babysit a little bit, but then that's more pressure on ourselves, right? Yeah. They won't grow if you constantly stand there, you know, yeah. you gotta let, just like your kids, raising kids, you got to mm -hmm. let them fail. Yeah. I, I, the example I use, you know, with my young son, I kept saying, don't touch the stove, don't touch the stove, right? Well, what do you do? He got burnt. Mm -hmm. I went to my daughter and I said, hey, touch the stove, honey. I want you to experience getting burnt. Mm -hmm. You know, and she wouldn't touch that mm -hmm. stove for nothing, right? Because first of all, she saw what happened to her brother and then she mm -hmm. said, no, 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 I won't do that. That's probably uh, too much reverse psychology there, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to your point, people can people hire and fire themselves. So right. as Tim was mentioning and Ruth was mentioning, we have to have those clear boundaries and expectations up front. You're nodding your head, Tim. What do you think about that? It, all this is reminding me of uh, when I was young in my career, and you know, I kept asking the same same or similar questions to my manager when I was in this new position, and he finally said, "Tim, look." I'm not going to be your crutch forever. You need to figure this out. This is your job and uh, take responsibility and learn how to do it. 
So, so you had to swallow hard and go, oh my God, I better do this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That was all the encouragement I needed. Mm-hmm. What yeah. advice do you give, Ruth, for when you have this reluctance or lack of people doing what they're... Well, I think you have to build confidence. You have to say to them eye to eye and face to face, I believe yeah. in you. Uh, you can do this. It's why we hired you. It's why you're in this role. Um, and we're counting on you. We're yeah. counting on you because... I can't, and, and I ought not to be babysitting, you right. know, mm-hmm. um, it, because if I'm looking over your shoulder and doing your job, why am I paying you? Yeah. Right. right. So <laughs> yeah. I think we need to be very clear that um, if it's yours to do, you're responsible and there will be no handholding. You know, yeah. there shouldn't be handholding because then we've got an awful lot of human resource going to something if two yeah. people are having to attend to it and all I, the time. I think that's a, a big disease that entrepreneurs mm-hmm. have. Because yeah. they become micromanagers, they got to have their finger yeah. in everything, and they can't get above their own mm-hmm. limitations. I see this all the time. Yeah. Well, that word confidence was yeah. key there, yeah. what you said, Ruth, and that's why I also created the Unshakable Confidence Club, because I kept mm-hmm. hearing this from my mm-hmm. clients. And it's not about the confidence that we're trying to place on our own shoulders or carry around, right? But how can we surrender that over to the Lord? Yeah. Are we praying before we're having to make a decision? Are we asking the Holy Spirit to guide us first and foremost? You know, this is, this is you know, God's business, not mm-hmm. Ours, right and allowing him to work through us and and with us. I think et Ruth probably a big one is discernment. And when you have a whole retreat on discernment, yeah. that's that's huge. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's that that I think is, can be very important, and I, this is a slightly slight shift in what we're talking about here, but it's about responsibility. And this is something that we talk about a lot in our own setting, and that is that we ask people to take responsibility for their own ongoing process of transformation mm. as well the character issues within them that prevent them from being successful. Because you can be good at your job, but your character issues prevent you from actually being effective and can actually be destructive. And so to encourage people to take responsibility not only for their job, but for their own ongoing health, their own character, their own ongoing uh, process of transformation. And so we have ways we do that. We have ways to talk about our character development as well and encouraging people to own what they need to own. You're stepping into a big thing about character and some other things that go running for Congress. So uh, you have my undying admiration, Tim, to take this on, and we're four square behind you. Folks, get out there and vote. Uh, look up for Tim Ozinga. He is going to be our next Congress uh, representative down there in Mokina and, and all points south. So Yeah, make sure you check, check out that website. It's azingaforillinois.com, as well as with uh, Ruth, that's transformingcenter.org. Hey, we're going to be back next Saturday, so tune us in here at AM 1160. No excuses. we got a downloadable app. You can listen to it out in the mall while you're shopping for Christmas or whatever you're doing. So we're going to be back here next Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock at AM 1160. Hope for your life. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.